Have you thought about your 2022 savings goals? In this episode of Making the Rounds, Dr. Buki Ajube Akingbola speaks with Alyssa Schaefer, General Manager and Chief Experience Officer with Laurel Road. Laurel Road is the AMA's preferred provider in supporting you with navigating your financial future. They discuss simple strategies to help physicians, residents, and students reach their savings goals and get on the road to financial peace of mind. Here's Dr. Ajube Akingbola. Thank you so much for joining. I am Dr. Buki Ajube Akingbola, and I am currently a PGY1 or first year OBGYN resident. I have a personal vested interest in all things medical education, and that definitely includes the finances associated with that. Today, I have joining me is Alyssa Schaefer. She is the Chief Experience Officer of Laurel Road. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Doing well, of course. If you could just provide us with a brief introduction to yourself and an overview of what you do with Laurel Road and Laurel Road for Doctors. Sure. So Lower Road for Doctors is a digital banking platform. We're actually a brand of KeyBank, but we're a digital banking platform specializing in products and services geared towards doctors and dentists. And what that means is when you think about lending products in particular, but also savings products, deposit products, um, we really take the journey of doctors into account when we develop our underwriting criteria and all of our products that doctors may need for all of their banking. Um, so our products are, are very much geared towards the doctor and dentist and really your financial journey as you think about um, residency and on to uh, being attending physicians. So um, we're really proud of what we've done to kind of bring to market just in, in March, actually, a whole host of new uh, offerings for doctors and dentists. So um, glad to be here. And uh, as far as myself, I um, chief experience officer at Lowell Road. It can mean um, a lot of different things, but at Lowell Road, it means Basically, all the customer touch points are under my um, remit here. So from marketing and our website and our um, products online and our customer service on the phones, if you ever need to call us, to um, product design and pricing, all of those things um, is <laughs> wrapped up into my chief experience officer role. That is so great. You know, I have really been looking forward to our conversation today. I think as I have made this journey from graduate student to medical student and now to first year resident, um, one thing that has always kind of been a big center for me throughout this is all of the finances associated with it. Um, it is a very expensive process. I happen to be first in my family to go into medicine and um, didn't have a whole lot of help from my parents. So when it came to preparing for board examinations, paying for the actual boards themselves, um, I actually just paid for step three, which was $895. It just seems like all different parts and facets of being becoming a doctor is very expensive. And now that I'm finally out of the actual medical school um, portion of that, and now a resident and making for the very first time in a very long time, a paycheck, um, a lot, I, I've put a lot of thought recently into how do I now go from needing to be very strict about budgeting to now having a steady paycheck that's regular coming in and needing to take care of all of the things that um, need to be taken care of from loans to day-to-day -day expenses to now rent and thinking about planning, um, maybe buying a home and all of 
all the adult things now that I'm in residency. Um, and I think one thing that is probably impacted everyone has been this pandemic going on now two years, which is so crazy to say. I still remember when it was um, two weeks. But a question I had for you is very specifically, how did the pandemic impact physician financial journeys? And do you have any recommendations for how physicians can better prepare for the future? Sure. So first of all, um, I somewhat can identify with your journey. Also, I am not in medicine. Nobody in my family either is in medicine. I am married to a physician and we've been together for quite a long time from undergrad actually through medical school, residency, fellowship, and obviously um, now he's an attending doctor. So I know a little bit about what that journey is like, um, just the the sacrifices and the hours that you put in. And I um, have flashbacks to when you mentioned step three and costing almost $900 for that. So um, absolutely. It's a very unique journey. And, um, you know, we try to do a lot to uncover how best we can serve doctors, particularly when you're younger in your careers, um, given, you know, we've heard from a lot of our doctor members that once they become attending doctors, that's when they start getting phone calls from private banks or, you know, salespeople, financial advisors, you know, all these people that are all of a sudden now interested in you. <laughs> but we want to be interested in doctors from the very beginning. So, um, you're right, though, that the pandemic was obviously very interesting for, for everyone, um, certainly for physicians and those in the medical field for so many reasons. But really what we found is that it was a chance for doctors to reset their finances and focus on their finances even more. Um, so we actually did a survey of 750 physicians and dentists in the country. And um, we wanted to really find out both from a, just a quantitative perspective, what was the impact of the pandemic on their financial practices and their everyday life when it comes to managing their money. And um, interestingly, about a quarter of them said that um, they, they seriously considered leaving their profession altogether due to being stressed or, or burned out. And I'm not so sure that that's um, drastically more than what is typically the case. Um, we don't have that data. But I do know that that sentiment was much higher for women at about 40% versus men at 20%. So that's interesting. And we heard that from our members just at large beyond the healthcare um, field that are uh, young professionals that had to make a lot of sacrifices for family and, and um, related, related things as the pandemic sort of dragged on. Um, we also found that uh, about 40% of the doctors had said that practicing throughout 2020 and um, COVID-19 made them realize that they were not as financially prepared as they should be. Um, and uh, it was interesting. Again, there was a striking difference between men and women. It was actually about half women said they were not as financially prepared going into the pandemic. Um, and about a third of men said that. So um, it did cause people to kind of rethink their, their finances. Um, further, about two-thirds now of doctors plan to be more financially focused in 2021 and throughout 2022 um, to really take a harder look at their personal finances and security and, you know, doing things like saving for a rainy day to the extent that it's possible. So very interesting stats there that we found as far as the impact of the pandemic on uh, positions, men and women, but then also just the realization that um, they felt like they were on their back foot when it came to managing their finances throughout the pandemic period. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. 
The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Wow, you know, just hearing you recite or kind of give us some of that data and information from that study is truly kind of incredible. Those numbers are just a little bit shocking. I'll be 100% honest. I think definitely not something as the, you know, as the pandemic began and as it continued on at least throughout the first year. On I think maybe maybe not on a lot of people's mind, but I think when you do sit down and really have you look over your finances, you're like, yes, I definitely could be better about this. And probably this is a good time to start being better about this. Um, I think one thing that has kind of surprised me throughout COVID as it relates to very specifically finance and um, budgeting was in the early days, at first I wasn't leaving the house too much. So I, was, I felt like I was kind of not spending as much money as I otherwise would have, but there were definitely some things that came into play that was very unexpected. Um, I, as a fourth year medical student last year, I did a lot of my, not a lot, all of my residency interviews from my living room. And so with that came with upgrading our internet to make sure that, you know, I had great internet that wouldn't drop or lose connections. We were, I was in a house with others. So there are several people kind of had demand for the internet. Also had this old laptop that I was just trying to make it through the end of fourth year before looking at potentially getting another one, but um, kind of forced my hand there on that too, with having to go and get a new laptop to make sure that my laptop could make it through um, weeks worth of virtual interviewing. Um, and then finally match day comes and I actually ended up moving across the country from New Orleans to uh, Minnesota in order to start my residency. And I'm sure you can imagine that itself also came with a time of spending a good amount of money in order to make that move. And I think one thing as I am even recounting all of this to you now that I think a lot about is how exhausting this was to be a hundred percent honest. It's, it's exhausting sometimes to think about finances and budgeting and how are you going to um, find the money? How are you going to allocate your money or how are you going to save it? So I can imagine that um, whether it is as a fourth-year medical student, a resident, a fellow, or an attending, especially in the setting of a pandemic that potentially a lot of others may have also felt kind of that burnout and tiredness as it related to, you know, sitting down and thinking about a 401k or do I get an HSA and kind of all of all of those things. And just like you mentioned when you first started speaking just now about how you are 100% right, I got lots of phone calls from financial planners and uh, people wanting to talk about disability or life insurance. And at that time, it was incredibly overwhelming um, just because there was so much happening all at the same time. And then of course, in the back of your mind, I'm just trying to protect myself and my family and not get sick um, in the setting of this pandemic. So 
That is all just to say positions are very busy, as you know from personal experience as well. Um, what are some of the tools that are available um, to help as we are trying to sit down and really figure out um, a plan, a good financial plan, and then also as it relates to starting a budget as well? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what that was like for you and so many others doing your residency interviews all remotely. Um, it's been such a journey, you know, for us in our household. Um, I'm actually still working from home most days, but um, was completely working from home for a very long time. And I remember my husband doing a lot more um, telehealth visits. He's a cardiologist, by the way, and it lasted about two or three weeks where we were in the same uh, relatively small house in, you know, Hoboken, New Jersey, where houses are relatively small. And um, we were both working from home. And I thought, how long is this going to last where he has to talk to his patients <laughs> over the phone or oh my via, via Zoom? <laughs> so um, luckily, that part didn't last very long. Although, as you know, um, we had a tough time here with the pandemic uh, in the New York City area. Um but um, we have a lot of tools specifically for that journey that you talked about. And it's just so interesting that you mentioned all of those things, right? If you mentioned um, doing your residency interviews, which are normally, of course, in person, you mentioned moving to your residency program um, and really starting to, to sit down and think about your finances, probably spending a little bit more time there, given, like you said, at the beginning of the call, you're getting a paycheck now for the first time in a while. And, um, you know, you're, you're probably starting to think about, okay, when I'm done with residency, then what, and how am I going to manage my finances? So um, a couple of things that we offer is um, really anything and everything that you might need along the, the journey that you mentioned. We actually offer a very specialized um, personal loan product geared towards residents that are um, looking to, uh, they really need funding to go on all their in-person interviews and or move to their residency program. Um, we also offer student loans or residents where you can actually pay $100 a month in residency, but lock down a very low rate so that when you get out of residency, um, you know, you already have that rate locked in, which of course now is a great time to do that given it's um, the rates are so are so advantageous right now. Another thing that we have is a high yield savings product that's actually really only available for our doctor members or prospects who are not yet members, but it's a high yield savings product that's about 10 times the national average of the savings rate. It's a 0.75% rate that you get. Um, and so a lot of times we get the question of like, okay, I just started making money or I just started making some, some good money as an attending and do you have you know a vehicle for me to help with my savings? So everything is really geared towards um, one of the, the biggest needs, or I should say the biggest needs we hear from our doctor members is help me with my loans. I've got you know, $150,000, $300,000 of debt now. I haven't had to worry about paying it off, but now I do. Help me. And then we have a number of things that um, really are meant to just guide and help uh, doctors as they go along this journey. And um, of course, doctors don't have the same journey, but oftentimes they have similar debt levels. So you know, they want, you guys are savvy people. People at the end of the day and smart people. And so um, really uh, hope I've talked about the fact that it's personalized to doctors, but also it helps with, it helps meet the need along the journey, right? Not just when you're an attending, but um, kind of throughout the, all the steps of residency, fellowship, and, and finally being an attending. 
you know, there is so, I just have so many thoughts <laughs> and there are so many different things that you brought up and it is very clear that you must have talked to physicians and residents and medical students. Um, one thing in particular that you touched on is kind of that high yield savings. I think as a, you know, a medical student, it was very hard personally for me to save during that period of time only because I wasn't really making money. <laughs> um, so it, it's hard to kind of say, save money if you're not really making it during that time. But as I sat down, um, now being a resident, kind of looked at my resident paycheck and what some of my goals are for the future. I think savings is something that has really kind of come to the forefront, especially at present, because I hope to buy a home someday in the future. And I know that there's a lot of costs that come with that, whether that's a down payment or closing costs, et cetera. So I'm hoping to really start creating a good kind of nest egg and savings to go towards that. And of course, that's all separate from, you know, potentially having a family and all of these things that I have not thought about very seriously for several years, because I was kind of in this Medical school sometimes can feel like this weird holding pattern of sorts, mm -hmm. of sorts as you're just crying, trying to, you know, pass your boards, pass your classes, get through rotation and, and get to a residency uh, position. So I kind of felt like as I'm coming out of this holding pattern, um, you know, what does opening a 401k now look like and really start preparing for retirement, though I can't even imagine that at this point in time quite yet because of how many years I have yet to go for that to come. But it's definitely important to start um, kind of thinking about. And as I kind of mull that over, I'm also wondering what other advice would you give to medical students and residents that could help better prepare their financial future? Sure. So this is a very, very general rule, but um, we sometimes talk about this 50, 20, 30 rule. Um, again, it's, it's general, but if you can, this is a good recipe to think about it. Um, so 50% of your income should go towards living expenses and ex essentials such as rent, groceries, gas, etc. Um, 20% of your income should go towards savings, investments, and or paying down any debt. And I'll get to that in a second. And then the 30% should go towards really living and doing the things that you want, but don't necessarily need it or um, making charitable contributions. So that, that 50, 20, 30 rule is a good one to live by. Um, about the 20%, so 20% should go towards savings, investments, or debt. A lot of times we get the question about, well, should I um, pay down my student loan faster or should I save money? And um, of course, you know, it's a completely personal decision. And a lot of times it does make sense to build up a little savings for a rainy day. But from a financial standpoint, if you're just looking at what makes sense, what makes the most sense to do with my money and, and you know, you have all the job security in the world, um, what makes the most sense is to get the lowest rate possible on your student loan. So in many cases that will entail a refinance um, and then pay off that student loan as fast as you can. So um, let's say you have a 7% um, rate that you got on your federal loans, but you can re refinance that to a 4% rates and afford those monthly payments. Um, some people ask us, well, should I do that or should I save or should I split the, the what I was going to pay um, have a longer term loan where my monthly payments are lower and put the rest of that money in savings. Let's say you're paying that 4% after you refinance. Unless you think you can make that 4% up in investments 
or better do better than that. Um, certainly, there's no savings uh, account that will do better than that or anywhere close to that. But if you think you can make that up in investments, then it would make sense to kind of split it and, and do a mix. But um, really, if, if you don't have certainty in that, then it makes the most financial sense to pay off that debt as soon as you can. Um, and that's just really from money over time out of your pocket. That's what that means when I say makes most financial sense. So um, that's kind of our rule of thumb, the 50, 20, 30. And like I said, we get so often that question of, should I pay down my debt as soon as I can or should I save? The reality is you really should try to pay off that debt with the lowest interest rate possible as soon as you can, um, and then and then have more of a, a mix of investments. Wow, you know, thank you so much for going over that as well. I think one of something that I spend more time thinking about is loans and exactly what am I supposed to do with them? Should I just basically all of the things that you just brought up. So that was a very good overview, especially for this 50, 20 kind of 30 rule for saving as well. Um, as I, I think about currently, again, only given because the pandemic is still here and this is something that we're still kind of going going through, it was a good time to really sit down and think about all the things that I spent money on that were maybe, I don't want to say useless necessarily, but ways uh, ways I previously used to spend money comparatively to now. And, um, and of course, obviously now as a resident, I'm getting a paycheck, but I think another quick question I had for you are, is um, what financial practices do you suggest that everyone should consider adopting as we continue to go through this pandemic right now and really deep into 2022? Well, you know, it's interesting because we did another survey. You can tell we like data and surveys here. But <laughs> we did another survey called Cashing In on Lost Time. And this um, was not doctor specific, but it surveyed 2000 Gen Z and millennials across the country. And undoubtedly there were a number of doctors in that survey. But um, six in 10 felt more financially confident now than they were before the pandemic. And I know there's been um, a number of things that have helped with that. Certainly the student loan payments holiday has helped. And we found that two thirds of the people that were able to take advantage of the holiday and not make student loan payments, two thirds of them actually put that money or most of that money into savings. So a lot of people were actually able to build up their savings. That That's definitely something that I would encourage um, more of, you know, find a way if your student loans are going to be um, due soon, uh, but um, do find a way to, um, to, to keep being financially responsible. I think people were actually pretty financially responsible throughout the pandemic. Um, build, a, build some financial goals. You know, you had mentioned and um, the goal of having a home and um, a family and all those things. And um, just like anything else, you know, those, those things need to be planned for financially. Um, so budget, avoiding the overspending, all the things that, you know, make sense, just like, just like our eating, right. And exercising um, all right. the things that, you know, that make sense, but, you know, sticking to that plan will really help, um, help you get to those goals and help you um, really reach them just like you reach any other goal. Right. And, and obviously um, you and the rest of the AMA members know all, all of what it's like to reach goals that you aim for. Um, but we're really aiming to be along with you in that journey. And our mission at Lowell Road is 
We're treating doctors to financial peace of mind. And um, again, just um, serving you with all those products based on your journey and your unique situation, we hope provides financial peace of mind, but you could do that yourselves too, as you um, do your own research and, you know, set goals and the financial plan to right. get there. Um, so um, that's, that's really what, who we want to be for you and, and um, your colleagues. Um, but it certainly um, helps a lot when people are cognizant about their spending and do have a budget and, and, and the goals that you talked about. Wow, Alyssa, thank you very much. Um, you know, I really do like that mission, I must say. <laughs> it's been uh, very, very um, informative and enlightening, really, to talk to you today. I'm really appreciative of your insights and a lot of the questions that I think many of us have right now. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. For more information on Laurel Road, visit ama-assn.org slash finance help. You can subscribe to Making the Rounds and other great AMA podcasts anywhere you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.